0: Hey guys, it's Thea Malonis, you can follow me on Instagram, Thea Malonis7, so we're back with another one. Today we're going to be talking about how taxes affect property investing. As the say goes, there are two certain T's in life, death and taxes, and while none of us do anything about death, as I've stated showing in the last episode, there are definitely things you can do legally to minimize your taxes. So, so how much taxes do the rich pay? How? So big companies like Google and Apple only pay a fraction of the tax that they should be structuring themselves correctly. So while the companies pay a very low tax rate, it's not because they somehow illegally avoid paying corporate income tax, it's just they use the tax laws to their advantage and so should you. So one of the wealthiest men in his time, the late Kerry Packer, told a Senate hearing that anyone who didn't minimize their tax need their heads red because government tends to waste a lot of taxpayers money so warren buffett minimizes his tax in two ways firstly his company berkshire hathaway has only ever paid one dividend so because dividends from a company's profits in the usa say effectively taxed twice one at the company's level and once in the hands of the shareholders when they receive dividends this doesn't occur in australia due to frank frank dividends the second way he reduced the impact of tax is not by selling. Buffett's preferred timescale for holding quality investment is forever. So I was interested to read that Buffett was one of the most famous investors of recent history and he was able to defer $61.9 billion of corporate tax in his holding onto his investment for the long term. So the taxation pros of property is. As an investment is because it's privileged with many legitimate tax deductions that allow you to boost your portfolio with any tax penalties. In fact, so the next whole part is just dedicated to this. So I want to hear... um, I would like also to stress that all of the tax reduction strategies you employ must be legitimate. There are so many ways to legally reduce your tax and it's very difficult to spend your money from a prison cell. The simplest way to minimize your tax as a shareholder is to hold your share for a long time, just like Warren Buffett or your property. So it gives you an interest free loan from the tax department, another way to avoid manage funds who seem to pay a lot of tax because they're continuously buying and selling shares to try and beat the market are racking up capital gains tax and brokerage costs along the way so this has got to do with shares i recommend buying index funds and holding them for a long term of these generally have much lower cost of management so the pros and cons is that property investing how about this the Australian government historically wants you to be a real estate investor Luckily for us, the government recognizes that property investors play an important role in the housing market and economy. That's why there are so many tax advantages available for the property investors. So so the strategy entails really selling your assets because by holding onto your properties for as long as possible you will minimize your capital gains tax obligations so structuring your portfolio in the correct way can greatly reduce the amount of income tax that you might have to hand over to the government which we'll later cover on so the legal tax loopholes there's four different ones so there's four different categories there's the tax deductions which is Uh, array of legitimate deductions an investor can make in the course of running the property investment business there's depreciation allowances so these benefits but depreciation allowance can deliver up to one third of your rental income tax free there's negative gearing so subsidize their loss making properties gaining tax breaks while capital growth works its magic and then there's number four special benefits which is legal advanced strategies that allow serious real estate investors to get the most of the property investments so number one is the tax deductions if you're in the business of owning investment properties that earn your taxable income you're able to claim the legitimate cost necessary for earning that income These include but are not limited to rental expenses. So you can claim deductions for some of the expenses that you incur for the period of your property is rented or available for rent. So it could be advertising costs to find tenants, could be body copper fees, cleaning costs, council rates, electricity and gas not paid by the tenant, gardening and lawn mowing, insurance including the building, contents and public liability, interest on your loans, land tax, legal expenses managing agent fees and commission, pest control costs, quantity surveyors fees, repairs and maintenance, secretarial and booking keeping costs, stationary and postage expenses, telephone bills, tax related expenses, travel and car expenses for rent collection, water charges, costs incurred for inspecting or maintaining your property, and you can also claim your mortgage interest and borrowing costs as a tax deduction. These expenses incurred in the process of generating your property income and deductible as your total income, including your wages for tax, purpose and may reduce the amount of tax you pay of the income you earn in your day job through what is called negative gearing. More than in a moment, so that's a huge asset that you should use to your advantage. It's so key and like it's uh it's what makes people the difference between becoming wealthy through investment and not. Uh, There's also number two is the building depreciation. So even though the value of the property tends to go up over time, the Australian tax service lets lets us pretend that it actually goes down. In fact, it says that if you own a property, it will be worthless in 40 years. So what they do is that this applies to the building shop, which will age and wear out over time. The fixtures and the fittings inside the building can be depreciated over an even shorter time frame. So what does this mean? that any residential property in australia that was built after july 17 1985 and is owned by the investor for rental purposes qualifies for an annual building depreciation allowances of two and a half percent of the original construction costs and this can be offset against other income on your tax return so most property investors don't fully understand the impact of tax break. The figure of two and a half percent of the cost of construction doesn't sound much, but it could add up to one and a third of the income from your investment property being tax free. So let's look at how this in more detail. Assume you bought a new house as an investment, and it's four hundred thousand purchase price. Let's say fifty percent of its actual cost of construction was the balance being the land value. Of the two hundred thousand building cost, two and a half percent can be. Taken as a tax deduction each year. This amount is a five thousand deduction every year for 40 years. So now you could expect the rental income of saying fifteen thousand dollars each of that fifteen thousand through the two and a half percent building depreciation allowance. Five thousand or one-third of your rental income is tax-free. The tax break creates a real distinction between older and newer properties for an investment purposes. New is clearly better for taxation standpoint. Having said that, many new properties are bought at a premium or in outer suburbs with lower capital growth. This negates some of the tax benefits. Remember, you should never buy a property just for tax benefits. It's only one of the many factors to consider when making a decision. There are likely to be many thousands of dollars of depreciation benefits in established properties also because of depreciation on the fixtures and fittings in the dwellings, items such as carpets, blinds, or hot water systems. Don't underestimate the value of depreciation benefits for your investment property. Remember that when you claim depreciation allowances, it does, doesn't really cost you any money. You are not out-of-pocket one cent, so remember that. The main ownership option falls into two broad categories, owning your property in your own name and owning them through a business structure. Most first-time investors usually just buy the property in their own name, rarely considering the property ownership structure, but this is one of the critical aspects of building your property investment business. Even if you're just starting to build your asset base, it's important to begin with the end in mind. Decide what your property investment business will look like in 5 to 10 years' time and set up the right structures in advance before you've created significant wealth. This will save the expense of accountants and lawyers unraveling a maze of incorrectly structured assets. Please everybody just understand that that's so important and so key that if you do not actually don't know your five ten year planning in property business you need to understand what your what what is your key goal what do you want to achieve and really understand the different type of structures and companies that you can put yourself under there's so many different structures so there's to using your own assets you need to think about the following issues liability protection minimize the risk of being sued asset protection protecting your assets if you don't get sued and legally maximizing your tax minimization so that's opportunities number four is accelerating your wealth creation different structures will have different cash flow outcomes and you'll help you sustain and grow your property portfolio five optimizing opportunities and six is estate planning how your assets will be transferred of your beneficiaries after your death so there are five basic ways you can own your assets in Australia each one is its own benefit and disadvantage so I'm gonna get into it. So there's your personal income, uh, your personal name. The majority of people own their home investment property in their own name. So when you own your investment in your own name, you're taxed at the personal income tax rate. So that varies depending on how much that you earn. So add the Medicare levy to the equation, and it could mean losing close up to fifty percent of your income. So the advantages of this, even though it sounds really daunting to some people it 's a simple and cheap way to operate with minimal accounting and no setup costs you are if you're a high earner, you could get income tax benefits through negative gearing and capital gains tax concessions are greater for individuals than for companies. but the disadvantage on the other hand, you deny yourself if it, um, the tax loopholes are available to the company and trust you cannot distribute any income to your partner or children, which means that once you enter the top tax bracket, you pay a, a rate of tax. All your assets are exposed to creditors if you fall into debt or are sued. Upon death, your assets are distributed according to your will rather than continuing in a tree, um, treaty as they would if owned by a company or trust. Number 2 is a partnership. So if you own in your investments with another person in both of your names, you are acting as a partnership legally, the individuals within a partnership are not treated as separate entities, meaning each person is jointly and severally liable for all the actions of the other partners. That's fancy legal talks to say that if one of the partners enters into a commitment, you and the other partners are equally responsible. So. Partnerships are treated in a very special way for tax purposes. They have their own tax file number and their own separate tax return. The partnerships don't actually pay tax, but their taxable profit is split between the partners and disclosed in their own personal tax return. This means that the partners within this type of, st- of structure pay tax at their own personal tax rate, which may not be in an ideal situation. The advantage and disadvantage of partnerships are similar to, the, to that of owning assets in your own name so number three is the companies so the first thing you need to know about the company is that it is a completely separate legal entity even if you are a director and own shares in the company in your eyes and the law of the tax department it is separate entity from the owners so but it is not treated like a person as subject to different tax laws and commonwealth law called the corporation act Companies lodge tax returns and currently pay tax at a flat rate of 30% whether it earns a dollar or a million dollars in profit. Once the company has paid its tax shareholders receive part of all the remaining profit of way of dividends. So the advance of company owning your investment include a high degree of asset protection compared with other structures, tax benefits, company pay a flat rate of 30% which is significantly less than the highest personal tax rate. There's a number of other tax benefits gained by the running of business or holding your investment in a company structure, including tax deductions you would otherwise um, be entitled to claim. This company continue until they wound up, even after the death or retirement of the directors or shareholders. So some of the disadvantage of this is that you have the extra responsibilities the company director have under corporate law. A company doesn't get the benefit of the fifty percent capital gains. Uh, tax discount that is available to an individual. You cannot leave the assets in your company at the beneficiaries of your will only the shares in the company and You're generally more complex to operate than owning assets in your own name There are obligations under the corporation law to maintain proper records and lodge certain documents to the ASIC And they can be a little expensive to set up so there are also ongoing annual compliance fees involved and then there's number four is the trusts so most rich people in Australia use trust to their own wealth. Now, I don't know about you, but I think if the rich and successful are all doing something, it makes sense to understand what it is they are doing and why. Now, the concept of a trust isn't that easy to understand at first, but basically what a person, where a person or a company agrees to hold assets for the benefit of another. The one who holds the asset is called the trustee, and those who benefit are the called the beneficiaries. So you should never set up a trust. For the dominant purpose of reducing your tax, the ATL looks carefully at the reasons why people choose trust and investment, owning vehicles, and if it is a tax uh, avoidance, they will. Um, uh, you could still pay tax on it. However, there are many legitimate and, and very valid reasons sophisticated investors own nothing in their own name and everything in trust. So the reason for this is. There's better asset protection as properties held within the trust cannot be claimed as compensation for someone tries to sue you. There's estate planning. You have more control when it comes to determining how your portfolio is um, divided from um, among family members. The trust doesn't pay tax on any income it earns instead of, of it distributes the net income to the trust beneficiaries who then pay tax on the portion of income at their own personal tax rate. Um, The trustee can distribute income in any way they see fit provided distributions are made to people who qualify as beneficiaries. They do not have to make trust um, distributions in any particular proportion or in the same proportion as they did in previous years. Owning your assets in a trust will allow you, to the trustee, to distribute the trust income to the beneficiary who benefits the most in terms of the income tax. So those at the top of the taxable income tier would derive less benefit than those at the lower taxable income bracket. So you could divide whom to distribute any sales profit if you sell a property within your trust. So naturally, it would make sense to choose the beneficiary based on the marginal tax rate in order to minimize the capital gains tax. So, there's some disadvantages uh, also. They must be prepared by lawyers and require corporate trustees so they are a little expensive to establish. But, having said that, in the long term, the structure could save you lots of money. And the same obligation and responsibilities apply to the trustee as those to the company directors. So, there's a self managed superannuation fund, which are in fact a special form of trust. Because this requires specialised advice from your accountant and financial planner. However, um, you can have properties and shares in the um self managed superannuation fund, and have done, and it can be done for very quick. I guess the rules about this is what um you can and cannot do in the um, self managed superannuation fund are strict, but worth exploring if you are substantially sums stashed away in your super. So it's a great uh, way of putting a lot of your money in there Uh, now what is the right structure for you the bottom line is that every investor situation is different so there is no one rule fits all approach you should seek the advice of an accountant or tax solicitor who understands your needs remember um, I said to begin with the end in mind this means that you should imagine your investment portfolio would look like the future and how the right structure in place account for that so There are many options and various taxation and ownership structures are complex. It's important that you access expert advice on the matters to help you on your investment journey. Alright. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I hope it was full of adding value. And I hope you guys really... Really share this and um, definitely tell someone, if you could tell just one person and share it, that, that that would mean a lot to me. That's all I care about. just want to help people. That's what I like doing, helping people because my goal is to earn a lot of property. And My goal is to learn more about this and learn into everything I can with property and let you guys in it as well and be there for the journey. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Enjoy yourselves and I'll be back with another episode soon. See ya.